Hey everyone, I'm Andrea Ferretti, and this is episode 247 of Yoga Land. Hi, Jason. I'm back. It's Groundhog Day with Jason Crandall. No, we're just on a roll. We're doing well. We have good things to talk about. We want to talk. It's our it's our one time of the week where we actually look each other in the eyes and talk to each other. That's depressing. I'm kidding. About yoga. It's a joke. Actually, we never talk about yoga. We never have really mm-hmm. talked about yoga. Well, we did before Out- we were dating. Right. But I think a lot of times people, when they meet you or they meet me and we they someone learns that our spouse is in the same career Mm -hmm. they think like oh do you guys talk about that thing and the answer is not really no not just like outside of a structured context but it certainly informs like the way that we communicate with each other and our daughter anyway for sure we are going to talk today about how to approach your yoga practice when times get busy and stressful i.e around the holidays yeah 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 and before we get to that, let's talk a little bit, because you and I are both working furiously behind the scenes to get everything all set up for next year. Yes. And we, you do have one more teacher training program in 2021. So I'm going to pass the mic to you for a moment. Yeah. So really quick, I have an injury management and prevention program that is available now. Our first live call will be December 11th. So you want to register before then because we're going to close registration. I think we'll probably close registration on the 9th. Okay. Right? So there's still space in that. It's online. It's really good. It's super thorough. And you can get all the details for that at jasonyoga.com slash injuries. Yes. And then, super excited, all three online 300-hour slash 500-hour certification program Modules are going to go in 2022, meaning we are going to do them in 2022. And module one is going to be in February, end of February. I'm super excited about it. We have announced those dates. Those dates are online now. Yes. And actual registration will begin on January 1st. Yes. So we have a waiting list. And if you're interested, join the waiting list so that you can be first to register in early January. Yeah. And and if you go to the website right now, go to jasonyoga.com slash 500 dash hour, or you could just get to it from our homepage. And it, it will give you all the details for that online training. So if you want, if you're not sure, but you just want to see the dates and you want the details of like the structure and the approach and the methodology, all of that is updated and online right now. And then one more thing, not to, uh, this one doesn't bleed anyone dry. Next week, towards the end of the week, we will release the first episode of Yoga Land Yoga Teacher's Companion, video and all. Okay. So we just need did to- Did I jump the gun you on- You sure did. <laughs> you know that okay. you did. Okay. I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to say within the next couple of weeks. Very soon. Very coming, soon. Coming soon. Very coming soon. soon. Okay. All right. So let's get to the topic at hand. Yes. Which is how to approach- your yoga practice during the holidays. Can I start? Absolutely. The longer I do a yoga practice, which is now 25 plus years, and the more I do physical things and the more I engage with various pursuits, the less likely I am under any circumstance to stop doing those things. 
for many years, I would be more almost kind of binge and purge with my practice. Mm -hmm. And I always had a consistent practice, but at the same time, like I wouldn't think twice about taking a couple weeks off because I knew I was going to come back to it. My yoga practice since its inceptions has been like home to me. And it was never something that I felt was going to dissipate. And so it was always something in the vicissitudes of life I was happy to step away from because I knew it was going to be easy for me to step back into. Over the years, that's changed. Over the years, I crave a greater amount of consistency in all facets of life and at all times. Now, that doesn't mean when it's a super busy, intensive phase of time like the holidays, it doesn't mean that I'm going to practice with the same duration or the same intensity. So my sort of number one bit of advice is you can soften your intensity and you can make the duration more brief, mm-hmm. but stay connected, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we've said this forever. Don't overlook the value of doing something for five minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I, I can't give any statistics out, but there are a lot of people that practice with me on glow and do a five minute meditation. Mm-hmm. They do a five minute practice. And so I think, I think as householders that have a practice, we have to stay, even in the most stressful times, engage with the things that are grounding and that are ours and that bring us back to home. Yet, we don't have to look at this period of time as a period of time where we have to maintain the same vigor. Just be as consistent as you can, even if it's a reduced intensity and duration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny that you bring up the five-minute meditation and practice approach. I was reading the New York Times yesterday, and it said that from the pandemic, overall exercise statistics are down. So they, um, I don't know where they get these statistics, but I think part of it is they talked about tracking steps and, you know, from our, from our watches and things like that. And that overall people's step counts are down and people are complaining that they're not able to exercise as much or they're not as motivated because they're at home more. And sadly, this is super sad to me. Statistics for children exercising is really down. That so doesn't surprise me. It's a whole other topic that we won't get into. But it was sort of, it was a nice wake up call to everyone to really focus on this form of self-care. self-care. It's vital. And the, the one thing that I took away from it that I remember is it said people are now engaging in what's called exercise snacks. Because think about if you are a full-time single parent, full-time working single parent, and your child is still home at, you know, schooling at home. When would you have time? Take a marathon. You would not have time. So it was saying, you know, people will run up and down the stairs for two minutes at a time, four times a day. And that's, I think, harder to do with a yoga practice. You need to really settle in a little bit more. But if you really are having a day where you just have so many things to do, think about little snacks, like inserting little snacks, uh, yoga snacks. Yeah. So. I think... You know, as you're talking, one of the things that came up for me in in making this appeal for consistency is when you step away from something entirely, it's harder to come back. Yeah. When you decrease the intensity, but you stay present with it, it's not as difficult to Mm re-intensify, right? And so kind of stepping away to me 
when we need something the most is a common choice, but it's not an ideal choice. And I think one of the reasons that people do it is, I'll speak for myself, is I can have a difficult time. I can see, I can have a difficult time not being all or nothing with something, right? And so there's a lot of times if you do have a longer term, consistent, more intense practice, then those five minutes or those those meditation snacks or those exercise snacks or those movement snacks, they might not feel like enough. And so we bag it, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But those things are going to help you maintain a certain connection to your body and a certain intrinsic internal memory of what it feels like to feel good and not to be disconnected. Mm-hmm. It's brought up so many times, more or less in the social media world of yoga isn't just physical. Mm-hmm. Right? We uh, Right, we know this, right? Obviously. But one of the things that our world needs is embodiment. Like mm-hmm. we, we are also physical. Mm-hmm. Our meta is contained within our physicality too. And so little things that help us feel more grounded and stable and steady, those things are going to help the mind feel relatively clear. Mm-hmm. I think my next real piece of advice, and this is, look, this is a universal piece of advice I give all the time, regardless of season but especially when we're under a little bit more stress or life feels more compressed, focus on the things you love to do. Mm -hmm. Like actually do the practice you love to do. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's a million people have heard me say, when you're stretching a muscle, engage that muscle a little bit at its end range so that you're building range of motion, but also strength and control in that range of motion. But you know what? Maybe this month you really don't want to do that. Yeah. Maybe this month you're like, oh my God, be quiet, Jason. I just want to stretch my hamstrings. Mm -hmm. I just want to stretch my hips. I feel like a ball of stress and I need to do things that are quiet and soft and nurturing. And then for other people, you know, maybe if you are a different personality type and a different neurotype, maybe the things you love, maybe you want to do just do handstand. Maybe you want to like, Maybe you don't have time for a big, long practice, and what is nurturing for you is to be more robust. Fine. Then do a long down dog and do five handstands for as long as you can hold those five handstands, and I guarantee you life will be better, Mm -hmm. and so much better than not doing those things. Mm -hmm. I think along those lines, and we know this from being parents, and I know this from knowing myself. But a lot of times it's just really hard to get started. And so if you just kind of make the deal with yourself, hey, I'm going to practice, but I'm going to treat this like my free time. And in my free time, I'm going to choose to do the things that feel the best. So if that's a restorative pose, great. If that's seated meditation, great. If that's a passive hip opener, great. If that's like setting a record for your longest handstand, great. But those things in and of themselves have inherent value. But the other thing is those things help you get started. And once you get started, you might decide, oh, you know what? I actually do have another 10 minutes. This is worth it. Let me kind of stay in and work on X, Y, or Z. So whatever helps you actually look forward to that first pose. I think about it all the time. It's like that first pose. 
So uh, what I was going to say is I have kind of a new rule for myself, for my practice, and for my content blueprint students, because like you said, one of the hardest things to do is to get started. And we kind of stymie ourselves. We say Mm -hmm. like, it's not going to be good enough, or I don't have enough time. Or when you're writing, it's like, I don't have anything to write about. I don't have anything to do. And so my rule is create no obstacles for yourself. Create no obstacles. And part of that for me personally is actually mentally preparing for things earlier. So it doesn't really work for me uh, with physical things to say, I'm just going to make it fun today and I'll just do it whenever. Like I'm such a planner that I have to say it's going to be in the morning and I am going to know where things like I like to have everything in the same place. So my yoga mat, like right where I know it's going to be. Because it's like I send Sophia off to school and like I've got to get started or I will get on my phone. So I've got to have my yoga pl- pr- uh, yoga mat ready. And I also have to know what I'm going to do. So mm. for me, it really helps to have a couple of online practices that I really like. I still have certain practices from Glow that are really old that I like to do and repeat. That's how everyone is. Yeah. Yeah. And I also just, I'm just plugging him, giving him a little sh- shameless plug right now. I've started doing Jack Workman's classes on YouTube and they're free. And I mean, he asks for a donation and you should donate. Donate uh, to Jack. You should donate. Uh, but um, you can try them out is what I'm saying. And like, he's funny and he makes me happy and they're 20 to 40 minutes and I know I'm going to do it. And so think I will probably for the next few weeks repeat some of his practices over and over and over again. And then I don't have to think about it. Yes. It's just like plug and play. There are no obstacles. I don't have to think. I don't have to prep. It's all ready to go. You know, year oh God, over a decade ago, probably 15 years ago, I wrote a story about home practice for Yoga Journal. You were probably the editor. Yeah, I was. And I interviewed a bunch of teachers, including Sarah Powers. And Sarah Powers, who is your Mm -hmm. like kind of first teacher, Mm -hmm. right? She talked a lot about scheduling it. Mm -hmm. That's how I learned it. Schedule it. Yeah. And treat it like- Put it in your planner. Put it like Or whatever your planner is. Yeah. Put it like an appointment. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about this because I was training today and I always forget my slides, Okay. My, uh, oh, your, your slip sandals. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I always forget them. But I don't forget my gi. I don't forget my belt. I don't forget my mouth guard. So I have to get in my head like this is an equal part of the whole ensemble. So I'm, what I'm, why I'm bringing that up is like you scheduling an event for you is an equal part of your whole ensemble. Mm-hmm. It is actually equal. Yeah. Now, the reality is in a modern setting, not everyone has a lot of time. Mm-hmm. But you brought up something earlier, which is the phone, right? I think that the vast majority of people that think like, oh, I don't have time. Just look at your daily you use on Instagram. You get that weekly Instagram. report. No, you Just get it's look at it. It's awful. You look it's at it. terrifying. Look guys. how many minutes it's in terrifying. a day. Yes. And you know what I mean? And it, and if it says zero, okay, you really don't have That's time. Impressive. Yeah. And if it says like eight minutes because you're like in line at Pete's or whatever and you're like, fine. But you're in that 20, 30, 40 plus, then put on some music and practice. So that's kind of the next thing that I want to bring up, which is, look, 
I have always, since we known each other, I have always practiced in the middle of our home. Like I practice in front of the TV. Sometimes the TV's on, sometimes the TV's not on. When I work out, I watch TV while I work out or I listen to music when I work out. You mean like you incorporate it into your life? Incorporate it into your life. So I'll be and the so, counterpoint to that, oh, but go that's ahead. That's fine. That's fine. But, but, but I kind of want to, my point is more like the, for me, I'm so pragmatic with the end goal of connecting to yourself. And I do believe that you can connect to yourself in the middle of a broader world. Mm -hmm. Now, if you have a preference to have everything off and quiet and you have a yoga room, so forth, obviously that's a pretty ideal situation. Go for it. So it's not like I think the person that's regularly practicing in like a quiet environment at 6 a.m., should start to practice like while watching the morning news. No, I think you're saying like loosen up your expectations of this like pristine yes. practice that has to be done in silence all the time every single day. If those expectations are getting in the way yes. of you actually doing the thing. Yes. Right? The create no obstacles rule. The create no obstacles applies. rule. Right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. So yeah, I completely agree. The only thing, the reason I said I have a counterpoint is simply... And I, I don't mean to generalize, but I'm going to generalize. In our family, if I put set up my things, I tried. I used to try. Sophia will not leave me alone. A mother will not be left alone in the middle of a room doing a yoga practice. And some moms yeah, yeah. are fine with it. With yeah. the kid crawling on yeah. them, the dog, all of that stuff, I am not fine with it. It is like the only time that I get to think and I want yeah. quiet time to think. I'll like stretch in front of the television, but I won't in earnest, try to get anything really going for myself in the middle of family life. But I, yeah, I, I totally understand your sentiment and I appreciate it. I think that essentially one of your big takeaways, and I could not agree more, is to focus on this practice as a really positive experience and make it work for you during this time. So anytime with your practice, you go through a change, like an aberration in your schedule. You know, it might be you're fighting an illness or you're getting over a surgery or you're pregnant or you're preparing for, you know, your exams. I'm, do, I'm all of those things. <laughs> you know, you're, you're preparing for exams or you're moving or it's the holiday time. Anytime, like think of all those things that can crop up. Like you're saying, you don't necessarily, you don't want it to be all or nothing. You want it to be something that is flexible and, and is a tool that you can access regardless of what's going on around you. So if that's the case, then you have to sometimes be willing to let go of some self-expectations and have the practice serve you instead of you trying to serve the practice the same way every time. Yeah. Another way that I kind of think about this is our practice should not be making us more uptight. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I will tell you that for many years, especially early on in my practice, my practice totally made me more uptight, mm. totally made me more uptight. But I think that that is a novice phase of development. Yeah. And it, you know? it doesn't necessarily, it has to shift or you're not going to stay with it in the long term. Right. Because, you know, as I just said, life happens. And so you need to have something that you can... I mean, you know, think about it. You want to kind of come back to the very, 
basic foundational reasons that this practice has existed and evolved for so long. And that's because it is flexible and it helps you tune in to yourself on all the different levels so that you can be responsive. Another way of kind of thinking about this is the yoga practice has continued to exist because it has continued to evolve. The way people have engaged with it is context-specific. Yoga yoga has always been context-specific and culturally specific. So it's important that we that we maintain its essence that we maintain its soul if you will but we have to actually engage with the practice to do it and so if our perception of how we need to practice is inhibiting us from actually practicing then we have no practice and then we have no yoga mm-hmm. I think another thing that comes up for me, just a simple pointer, and you kind of brought it up earlier, is time of day. And knowing yourself and knowing what time of day you are more inclined to actually be free and wanting to practice. Mm -hmm. For some people, that means setting the alarm clock earlier and getting up earlier. That has never been me. Never. Not in a million years. I can practice first thing in the morning, but I can't consistently get up earlier to do it. There's too much downside cost. So for me, I've always really seen for many people that there's, as is kind of obvious, but there's like three periods of the day. There's first thing, there's right after work, or if you're in a setting where you're working from home, work never ends, does it? But where there's like that before dinner practice, and then evening practice. And for me, I tend to take advantage of all three of those depending on how the rest of my day is lining up. So the because so many people have fairly variable schedules, you know, it's pretty uncommon for people to have the same schedule day after day after day after day. So when we are making that time for ourselves, it's difficult in relationship to all the other things we have to do to keep that schedule with ourselves the same every day. So you might want to kind of look at your schedule for the week or the day and then pick your slot Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. figuring out one of those slots, right? And a lot of times for me, the evening, a really gentle, soft, opening, relaxing practice in the evening works best. Mm -hmm. That was especially the case for me when I was traveling a lot. Right, I I would teach an evening class, and I'd usually be in a time zone, so I'd still be awake. I'd come back. I would usually turn the TV on or watch something because I was away, and I'd be kind of lonely. And like being in a hotel room, just doing a practice in the evening with no external stimulation, that takes a certain real stable person. I know that I am not. Yeah, you know what I mean. That I am not. So I'm going to have a little bit of like creature comfort yeah, and then do a practice, right? And then and then other days, I, I want to do it a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're really good about being flexible with your exercise times. I, it, I'm not. It doesn't really work for me. It never has. Is it just so motivation or yeah, is it actual like, like physical? Do you think that that's more of a mental thing or more of a physical thing or are both. those inseparable? It's both. So it's that... If I get 
going into my day, I don't really want to stop and change my clothes. And, you know, I used to have such a hard time with that at Yoga Journal during the lunches and like stop whatever project I'm working on. You came to my class. I did. I did. And, you know, I, I didn't, it's also hard for me just in terms of like physical stagnation in the middle of the day or the end of the day. And also I feel so good when I do some movement in the morning and it helps with fatigue for me. So even if I am exhausted in the morning, I can say to myself, you will feel better in the rest of your day will go better after this. Whereas if I do it in the evening and then I'm going to eat dinner, it's like, I just don't have that same afterglow for, you know, so But I will say I do have another kind of planning tip, which I really I am the queen of the to do list. Jason knows this. I have to do lists everywhere. I have ones in my planner. I have ones just on random pieces of paper. I have ones in my email. I have ones in my Excel spreadsheet. I just like live and die by the ever evolving to do list. And one of the things that I really like to do, (laughs) so that's something about my personality, is I like to make what I call my giant list. Right. So at holiday time, I've got, you know, everyone to shop for and like all the decorating and all the planning of fun events and the travel and then the work stuff and then the Sophia stuff and then personal stuff. So I will make like the giant to do list and then at least it's out on a piece of paper. And then I look at the giant to do list and I say, what do I actually have to do? What is like priority one? What really needs to get done? People need to get presents. Okay, that's priority one. Okay, I need to get four more podcasts finished. That's an absolute priority. Do I need to get the microwave set up? Let's say. You do. (laughs) You guys, I bought a microwave. I can't believe it. I've never owned a microwave as an adult. I have not had a microwave as an adult, and I did not want to start now. I won't even tell you why I bought the microwave. It's too embarrassing. So you can make popcorn. (laughs) No, that's not why. So our child can make a quesadilla. Maybe. But not you're not there yet. But we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about it. Uh I know why I'm like So but seriously, those are the kinds of things there there are going to be things on your list that you're going to go you're gonna go, I can do that in the new year. I can do that if I have time. And when you do that, you then see, okay, like my my practice takes priority over setting up the microwave. <laughs> I didn't know that was going to be my example. I'm really Sorry, on this it's microwave. In a, it's I'm in a, really obsessing. It's though. in a giant box in the front of the house, but I didn't know that was going to be my example. There are other examples too, and I just yeah. can't happen to think of one right now. Like, I don't have to set up a holiday get-together for all of our friends. I want to do that, but if it's going to happen at the expense of me taking care of myself for two weeks, I'm not going to do it. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So... I think, you know, I don't think this is like super new information, but I don't need new information most of the time. I need like a reminder of the basic things that I always know, already know, and some encouragement Mm -hmm. often. Are you trying to say that my my point was not new information? No, I'm about to finish. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But... Making your connection to yourself a priority is a priority. Mm -hmm. It has to be a priority. It has to be a priority for countless reasons. Yeah. For countless reasons. Um, 
And I think your microwave is uh, some commitment to self. It's just, I don't even know. This is a big I can't appliance. believe I brought that up. I know. It's embarrassing. It's not embarrassing. I guarantee you 99.9% .9 of our listeners have a microwave. Yeah. And they teach their kid how to make a quesadilla in it. Because somehow that can't be done on the she range. She needs to be a little more independent. We agree upon that. Yeah. Toaster range. She can deal with fire. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that all of these are super good tips. And what I was trying to get to there, Andrea, is just a reminder to remind us to take care of ourselves because it's not an indulgent thing. No, it's, it's not, not negligible. An indulgent it's, thing. it's not up for debate. It's um, essential. And not taking care of yourself is a pretty bad life strategy. It's not good for anyone. It's not, it's you. just not, it's not, it's not in any way helpful. Yeah. It just isn't. And then just being consistent with the things that you do that take care of yourself are just as important in stressful times as they are in non-stress times. So you can maintain it. You just might have to um, execute it a little bit more simply and it, and maybe sometimes a little bit more messy, mm -hmm. right? Like the full catastrophe living John mm -hmm. Kabat-Zinn book, right? Mm -hmm. It's just like, this time of year for a lot of people, not to say it's a catastrophe, but it's a time catastrophe for so many people. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, people struggle when there's an interruption in their life, maintaining some steadiness. Um, and yoga is nothing if it isn't a process of maintaining steadiness in all facets of being. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it really is, you know, we talk about this amorphous concept of balance but it really is an opportunity for you to just sort of reset, right? An inner and outer reset so that you can be more productive and available and regulated in all the aspects of your life. The last thing I want to say is I want to restate something you said about taking Jack's class, which is don't, no one should feel right now like, oh, I should be doing something else. Oh, I like this practice, but I should be doing something else. Like, stop. Do the thing that you want to do. Don't overthink your practice. Don't make it more complicated than it needs to be. If you have stuff that you like, just do those things and enjoy it, right? The more you can slow down and the more you can actually savor your life in this period of time, the better. Mm -hmm. You know, this is really a period of time that can be complicated for many people, but the more we can slow down and, and kind of savor what, what we do have, that's a good thing. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much, Jason. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm going to put uh, show notes and I'll just include links to the programs that we mentioned and then links to a blog post I wrote about staying mindful during the holidays up there and you can find those show notes at yogalandpodcast.com slash episode 247 if you enjoy the podcast i so 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 appreciate it i'm going to add five more so's to that add five more so's to that i really appreciate if you could go to wherever you listen to your podcast and leave a rating or a review because it helps other people find the podcast all right until next week, everyone, enjoy your practice. <laughs>